Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. And on today's show, we're going to be talking to Captain Jordan Todd over in Port St. Joe. How you doing, Jordan? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm happy to be back, too. We both have done a little traveling lately. And uh, yes, I, haven't, I haven't talked much about mine, but we'll worry about that another day. But I want to hear about what you did. Uh, made my first ever trip out of the country. Really? Um, okay. Now yep. hang on. I didn't even know that. So that's, yep. that makes it extra special. Okay, cool. Yep. So first you, one ever, where'd you go? Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Very nice. And that's on the Pacific, right? Pacific all the way down at the very tip of the, uh, basically the California peninsula. Yeah. Different, um, different ball game over there, isn't it? completely different man it was a whole new literally a whole new world for me it was it was pretty neat to experience yeah so i saw that uh now first of all i have some questions with with covid um doing its thing what are the requirements these days to get out of the country and back in um out of the country nothing really um you know we went through customs and they checked our passports you got to fill out an immigration thing and this health thing and basically saying, have you had any symptoms? Have you experienced any symptoms? Have you had COVID? And you fill that out and then you turn it in at customs. They look at it and they, you know, they, they let you on in. Now to come back, uh, to fly back in the U S you have to show a negative COVID test. Okay. How do you arrange so, that in Mexico? I'm sure it must be set up somewhere. Well, there's all kinds of places that do it. Um, there's different little, you know, like doctors stations, um, are set up in these, these resorts. Okay. You can also do it at the, um, at the airport. Okay. You can schedule one at the airport and it takes like 30, 40 minutes. So get to the airport, you know, another hour earlier than you normally would. Right. And they, they'll do a quick test there. So, um, but you have to show a negative test to, to get on the plane to fly back into the U S. Okay. So now I'm curious. <clears throat> God forbid, what if you happen to not be negative? Uh, you know, let's uh, say you didn't know it. I mean, will you stay there two weeks? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be quarantined either there or what they'll do from what I've heard is, um, they won't let you fly back to the U S but what you do is you fly up to like Tijuana, which okay. is a, a city right on the border. Right. And then you fly up there, rent a car, drive across the border into the u.s with your passports and then get a flight from san diego home okay so you can fly within the united states <laughs> man with a bunch of trouble oh it would have been awful just or, don't get or like like <laughs> us yeah like us we were fortunate enough um where we were staying we was was through a mutual friend so he was like if y'all are negative or if y'all are positive just stay here like if you get okay. quarantine, just stay here so yeah we would have been okay. Well, you know, if, um, if that's a, a U.S. because because like the Bahamas, for example, um, I think they have some requirements about a negative test before you before they let you in. Yeah, so it yeah. just it must be the Mexico just isn't all that worried right now. And which I mean, you know, Mexico. No, Mexico. they need you know they need the they need the the tourism yeah. man. Like they they if you can see like where we were, a lot of really nice places down there. Um, had gone out of business because of the COVID. Really? When it was in the the worst stages, you know, when it first happened, they closed everything down. You know, a lot of these places, Yeah, it was all, it was strictly tourism income. So when, when tourism got shut completely down, 
they had no income. So they had to close all their, all their doors for good. And so there was a lot of nice places that were, that were shut down for good. You know something, man, that's, that's an interesting point. And honestly, I haven't thought about it until you just said that, but you know, we in, in the United States, you know, pandemic and all the things that happened here, we have the luxury and the, I guess the, the income level really to be able to still go to Florida and still, you know, we traveled domestically and like for a lot of people, yeah. life didn't really get interrupted too bad. You yeah. Know, if you, know, if you were taking vacations, you still took a vacation. You just went to Port St. Joe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or instead of flying somewhere, but these places like Mexico, that's, that's not the case. And so when people don't come there, then that's, they don't have anybody there, you know, they don't. Yeah. And you know, like our government is messed up as it is you know, we have bailouts. So if big corporations and companies didn't make any money, the government will, you know, give them the checks or whatever, like we got. Yeah. Um, the, the government will help us out a little bit, you know, to get us through. And then we have to end up paying it back. But down there, their government doesn't help them out. You no, know, like they're just on their own and there's nothing. Yeah, you, know, you, so cut out, was, you cut out tourism from Cabo San Lucas and but very could, little, you know, of anything. You could tell, yeah. You could tell these people, just they they literally live off tourism alone and and they want your business so bad they're so friendly they're so inviting yeah you know everyone like you're just walking around and everyone's like you know talking to you like hey come in like just trying to get you in their stores and shops and just show you things and yeah now in um, in in my experience in mexico that's regardless, <laughs> but they, but they, yes, they probably actually mean it this time when I was there, yeah. it's like a huge crowd and they're just trying to haggle people in. Um, but it sounds like your experience was they, they were still doing that, but they actually needed it this time. You know? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. And it, and it was, it was pretty neat. You know, like there wasn't a single place where you walk into and didn't have someone greet you like at the door and ask if you needed help or what you're looking for. Right. You know, stuff like that. And it was, it was kind of nice and they're super friendly. Yeah. So friendly down there. Yeah. You know, um, I bet you a lot of these places, I mean, if you think of the place, I'm just thinking of like fishing destinations for, for, you know, that's kind of where my mind goes when I think vacation. But I mean, outside of the keys, I mean, you start thinking about Bahamas, Mexico, Belize, and then beyond these places were decimated when we didn't come there in 2020 yep. you know what i mean like honestly yep. no, the, we haven't talked much about that but they had to have been i mean like especially these places in the bahamas some of these little islands man that's the only thing that happens there is people come in to fish yep that's their only means of income and, and when that was shut down that that hurt a lot mm-hmm. and you know what's crazy is in the panhandle it seemed like it really spiked would you agree with that over the because i i know coming down there it seemed to be more crowded things sure did cost well, more but it was because yeah. people weren't flying places as much. Yeah, most people weren't traveling, you know, out of the country. They weren't. They couldn't travel out of the country, so they were, they were doing short trips. Yeah, you know, to to Florida, and because Florida, you know, our governor is pretty cool and kept things open. Right. You know, it, it kind of enhanced the amount of people coming here. Yeah, and a lot of them didn't leave. No, I guess still un- un- left. unfortunately, I hate to no, be that I, way, but <laughs> we yeah, see eye to eye on that. Man, I came back to scallop season opening up here, and it has been a madhouse. I bet. And you know what? I've had a couple of people send me Facebook messages asking me to ask you, um, and I think social media might have tipped everybody off now on on things are pretty decent, but what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, pretty good season so far? I have no idea. Um, I've heard a few people say they're finding them, 
Um, you know, but the, I, honestly, man, Saturday, which was the first weekend of scholar season here, um, you couldn't even drive through town. There were really? so many trucks and boats and trailers everywhere. I mean, there was a two and a half hour wait to launch your boat at the city ramp. Good Lord. Yes. And, and it's, it's not normally like that, right? It's not. No. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, during scallop season, it gets pretty hectic and crowded, but even on like Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend, yeah, it's not that bad, but it was awful, man. Like you literally could not even drive through town because everyone was backed up with trucks and trailers. Um, yeah. We ran out of non-ethanol fuel. Um, at every gas station, you know, and it just, this little old town, you know, and yeah, it's good for the economy here, but it just cannot sustain that many people. And the bay itself, man, when I drove by Saturday, I was going to fish Indian Pass and it, I mean, at 730 in the morning, there was several hundred boats already out there. When I came back at like three in the afternoon, you couldn't have fit another boat on the bay. I was going to say with that, that much traffic and that many vehicles, it, that, that bay isn't that big. It's going to have it's to be not, full, man. You and know? it cannot, it cannot sustain that amount of traffic for very long. And I, you know, I, I know it's good for a lot of people. Um, it is good for the economy here, but at some point we have got to start regulating on how many people can be out there or our little bay is not going to make it. Yeah. And that's, and a tough I one. did hear, I did hear FWC was out there writing tickets for uh people cutting up the grass uh creating prop scars so that's, i really know, hope they were I but think that's still that's, not going to stop people it's not but you know what i didn't even know they could do that so that yeah, goes to a, show it's, you I, I it's a hundred hey it's a hundred dollars a linear foot that you cut up well see where i fish and anybody that fishes around panama city on the inshore and you may even know what i'm talking about but on the backside Bayside of Shell Island, where basically you rent a pontoon boat, you cross the pass, and then you have this open bay. And yeah. what it lines up with is a shallow flat that runs for miles down Shell Island, and you can just mm-hmm. see them because they don't know better. I mean, I'm sure they tell them whatever, but they don't know better. And nah. they just run right up through it, and they're everywhere. You know, you hand out a couple of those $100 fines to some dudes renting pontoon boats, and maybe. Yes. It's, Maybe it'll slow them down. I hope they do. It's supposed to be a hundred dollars a linear foot that is chopped. Oh up. God, a hundred dollars a linear foot. Well, linear yeah. foot. So that's, that's I mean, yeah. a lot more. Yes. So <laughs> whether they in, really enforce that or they just write them a ticket, you know, for something, I don't know. But um, you know, at some point, it's something's got to give. I mean, yeah. Either we we shut down scallop season and say every other year or every you know, or, or, you know, have like a permit system to where, Hey, we're only going to allow so many boats to launch and people to go scalloping for today. And then we're going to cut it off. Yeah. You know, and they, I know that, that I know that's so hard to regulate, but it's something's got to give man. Cause it's, it's just not going to sustain it for very much longer. Yeah. Well, and you know, unfortunately the way, the way those policies seem to come together, um, historically is, is with, you know, Oh no, we have a scallop problem in St. Joe. I guess we better turn the, you know, shut it down. Yep. They never, they never realize it until after it's gone. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think with technology and with, you know, maybe added, uh, attention from just the outdoor industry and the general public, like you've said before, I mean, the, the ability to kind of create an army on social media, um, 
is very, very much in, in existence these days. And so you can yeah. kind of create a, a, you know, more people will hear about it and kind of raise a fit. But so maybe it'll get to where they, they can begin some things like that. But, you know, just like they do alligators, um, up where I'm at, you go in and put your name in a lottery. If you get it, then you, you can get one. If you don't, you don't. And you could do something like that to give out way more for certain areas, you know, a reasonable amount. So it's not like it's 20 people or something. You know, it'd be however many. There's yeah, a way. Exactly. To, there's a way to do it and get ahead of it. I, I absolutely see what you mean. Um, of course, yeah. it's going to make everybody upset, but that's just too bad, yeah. you know. Or they could enforce it at the boat ramps. You know, hey, when a certain amount of boats have launched, then we're not going. Sorry, but we're not going to allow any more boats to go out today. Yeah, and see that's tricky because yeah. you could say, well, I'm not even scalloping. I wanted to go out and, you know, sit, whatever, sit on the sandbar for for the. For the month of scallop season, it shouldn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. When when three hundred boats from each ramp have launched, shut it down because that's over a thousand boats on the water. You can't fish anyway with that no, many boats you can't. in our little bay. So you <clears throat> and know, it's not it's, safe it's, to have that many. You know that you got people all in the water doing this, and then all these yeah. boats running around. There's it's just a an accident waiting to happen. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, I and I and I'm not trying to like take away people's fun. It is a lot of fun, and families and kids love it, you know. And I I used to do it all the time and and love it, but at some point, it's just so popular now. Yeah, something's got to change because it's it's just not our little old, you know, ecosystem just is not going to handle it. You know, and I think it's worse the further south you go. I mean, when you get into like the Homosassa area and and Steinahatchee yeah, in those areas. A lot you get a lot of the Tampa folks that come north to do that. Yeah, but they they have so much more area. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah, yeah that's not even a comparison for for you. No, and it, it is the same problem. And I'm not and I'm not knocking that. You know, they don't have a problem because they do. People cut up their grass flats just like ours. But they have a vast area. It's miles and miles and miles of coastline that are, you know, grass, and even you know four or five miles out. Yeah, it's so shallow you can still scallop. So they, all those boats get spread out, and there's so much more water and area for those boats to to go. Saint Joe Bay is tiny, especially the area for just scalloping. The yeah. head of the bay is only like, it's only like, I want to say like twelve or fifteen thousand acres yeah. uh, of grass flats in the head of the bay that are <laughs> that people scallop. So it's just a small area. Yeah, that ha- that every boat tries to cram into. That's what. That's what's. Your whole problem in St. Joe Bay is just the volume. It's just yep. there's not a lot of volume. So anything nope. is is far more impactful, whether it be sewage or fresh water or whatever it is, it's it, it matters a lot more there because there's just not enough water to displace it, you know. Exactly. And it's the same problem with boats. You get that many people that many boats running around, man. That's just uh just like a washing machine in there, you know. Absolutely. And I can't I can't run fishing charters in St. Joe Bay. Yeah. This time of year. Can't do it. Yeah. So that makes it's, sense. It's, yeah, it's just, you know, and everyone's like, well, why don't you just run scallop trips? And I used to, but I, that's not what I am. I'm a fishing guy. So, well, I don't, I, w- I don't want to run a boat around that many freaking people. I couldn't imagine no, I navigating and operating a boat with that many folks. And look, man, with all due respect for everybody that operates a boat, you and I both know that there's times like this that bring people out of the woodworks that have a boat and they are. It'll drive, it drives me crazy. And I, and I don't, I, I only act like I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? You, you folks that yeah. actually know the rules. Um, I shouldn't say that I do. All right. But you know what I mean? There's folks that are, 
about twice a year, and this is one of them. And uh, yeah, exactly. they put they put on a show at the boat ramp and beyond. You know what I mean? So yeah, anyway, it's, it's pretty tough. Not it's not my favorite time of year, but it is. You know, it does it does help the town out. There you go. Well, and listen. So about your trip, I, I got we we wanted to get a quick scallop update. So it sounds like uh, if you don't mind the crowd on the weekends, um, that's that's the place to be. But how you did some fishing in Mexico? I did. Uh, we went for marlin and yellowfin tuna, okay. and it was a little tough. Um, they had just had actually the day we got there um, was their second of two Cat Four typhoons. Wow. that were like 200 to 400 miles offshore. Oh my goodness. So not, not close enough to, to, you know, to have the, the wind and the rain, a little bumpy though. but what it did is it turned up the Pacific. And I don't know if anyone's ever been in a giant ocean like the Atlantic Pacific, but it gets big. You know what, man, so, I've, I've been in both. And I got to tell you, I, with all my experience being in the Gulf, the first time I was in the Atlantic, I asked one of the guys, I said, is this a rough day? And he said it was normal, and I still don't believe him because I was yeah. a tourist and all this, but I'm like, man, there's no way. If this is a normal day, I don't know that I could even come out here, you know? But So I couldn't imagine a, a day when it's legitimately rough like what you probably experienced. Yeah, it was uh, It was a little sporty. I mean, we had we didn't have a lot, you know, a lot of wind. It was 10 to 15 mile an hour, but it was like, eight to nine foot seas oh no yeah and they, now luckily they were spaced out you know like eight to ten seconds but it was still pretty rolly yeah and what the guy said the captain he's like man a lot of times these storms will, will either force these the, you know we were going after blue marlins a lot of times these storms will force these these big marlin way down deep they don't want to come up <clears throat> to the surface and feed yeah that makes sense yeah, and he says, and sometimes the, the the tuna and stuff like that, it'll it'll bunch them up in big schools and they'll go crazy. Um, so we'll just see, but it it made it tough. They the fish didn't want to bite. We we would, and, and trolling's not my favorite style. Yeah, mine um, either. You know, and it's it's just kind of you know monocle and boring. But when the strike happens, it's awesome. I yeah. mean, it's unbelievable. But we we would we'd be trolling. And we would mark some big marks on the bottom machine at a thousand feet, um, which is another cool thing about that is when you pull out of the harbor or Cabo San Lucas, it's a thousand feet deep. Yeah, it's just boom. It's, it's I mean, it just drops straight down. We were fishing in some places that were eight to ten thousand feet, and that's just, you know, we were like three miles off the coast. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. We're literally trolling over a mountain range the size of the Rocky Mountains underwater. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild to me. And so, but we marked a bunch, you know, we could, we could see the big marks on the machine. We saw some striped marlin floating, which they'd be floating in those big waves. And you can see their, their, the tip of their tail out and their dorsal fin sticking out. We drop right in front of them, trolling lures and, and whatnot. And they wouldn't buy, you know, so we yeah. saw some cool stuff the first day and we got three strikes the first day and no hookups all um two were for sure striped marlin and one we think might have been a blue because it it hit the the one way way out but yeah. anyways we trolled for eight hours and didn't get a bite or didn't catch a fish um which was a long day that does Man, make for a long day uh, for sure. yeah but 
but it was beautiful, man. You're, you're looking at this giant mountain range of, of Cabo and the water's gorgeous blue. And, um, it's just a really neat, you know, and when the guy says, Hey, we're heading back, it's, you know, we're, we're five, six, seven miles from the Harbor. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. So the third day or the second day, uh, my buddy, Matt, that I went with caught his first, which was his, it was actually his birthday that day. Oh, nice. And he caught his first ever Marlin, which was a striped Marlin. And we had two more strikes that day and missed them. Um, and then actually the day I caught mine, I, we were supposed to fly home that Monday. And guess what? Tropical storm Fred was literally hitting Port St. Joe yep. in Panama city. So, uh, we had to cancel our flight cause Panama wasn't accepting anything. And instead of getting stuck in, in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth for a day, we just canceled everything and got a flight for the next day. And so I ended up getting to go fishing a, for a third day. Nice. And that's actually the third day is when I caught my striped Marlin and we caught a nice like 40 pound yellowfin that we ate fresh that afternoon. Okay, because uh, I saw the pictures for, of of the of the tuna. Yeah, nice man. That's yeah, that, we, that's the best way to eat it too. Oh my god, man! We flayed it right, you know, on the boat when we got back. Took it, walked straight from that to a little restaurant there on the, in, at the marina, a little tiki bar. Yeah, and they made the freshest tuna that. Oh my god, the sushi, yeah. unbelievable! Like I, I literally ate till I was sick. That's yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with something like that, man. Yeah. So it, it was, it was a neat day, man. It's absolutely beautiful there. The water's gorgeous. The mountains, um, there's some incredible houses and resorts built into the mountains oh, no kidding. out there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty neat. It's, it's a neat place to visit. And I, I really, I, I mean, we're going to go back. No doubt about that. Yeah. So I'm curious, isn't that where, uh, there's rooster fish in that part of the world, right? They do have roosters. Um, you know, they don't, a lot of the guys don't fish for them. There's some, there's some local captains that do charters for them and stuff, but you know, they, they love to hang out right on the rock faces where the, all the waves are crashing. Okay. So, so for like the big boats, it's, it's pretty tough for those big sport fishers to get, you know, to kind of get in there and get to where you can, um, fish for them. But they, they do have rooster fish, which was what I was hoping to go for. Yeah. Um, but you know, when the captain says, Hey, you really want to catch a Marlin? I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, you're the captain, man. I'm not making any decisions. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know, I'm just riding. Gives you a good reason to go back too. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. but they have roosters, but most of what those guys do is, is the, the yellow fin, the striped Marlin, black Marlin, blue Marlin, <coughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Because but- it's just so, it's so short right out of the Harbor when they can start fishing that's it man and it's same way in all of those uh south american countries panama mm-hmm. and all those i mean those areas are are renowned for their marlin fisheries and partly because it's like you said i mean you're not you don't have to get on plane and you can start trolling yep. you know what i mean so uh, absolutely yeah and, and you're in you get into like fathoms you know like right out you know fathoms kind of, yeah the guy said yeah we're gonna go out to the hundred fathom line i'm like <laughs> excuse me yeah it's hundred fathoms unreal like, yeah <laughs> My, we no we went over one spot that was the bottom machine didn't even register and the guy says it's over ten thousand feet deep i'm like it's over two miles deep that's 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 wild to me it's hard to even visualize mentally how deep that is yeah. two two miles you know 
two miles deep and we were six or no, I think we were like 10 miles from the Harbor at that point. Oh, that's crazy. But I'm like, I'm like, dude, 10 miles out of our Harbor and we're in 80 feet. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you found that deep hole, you're in 80. Yeah. But it was, it was a good trip for my first time ever out of the country. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear it, man. And uh, and you know, uh, we we've we've missed each other the last couple of weeks. I was out of town, then you were out of town, and so I'm glad to to finally get caught up with you. And uh, you know, now that you got the the first uh, your your first tropical storm out of the way and uh, for the year, and, <laughs> yeah. and you got uh, you got your your first uh, uh, overseas vacation out of the way. I, it was funny. I told my wife, I said, you know, it's so funny to me these guys. I said Jordan's on vacation right now in Mexico, and and, and guess what he's doing? He's fishing. Yep. <laughs> it's like that's it, I told her I said it'd be like me going to work, you know, and <laughs> on my vacation. It's just yep. funny. Um well man, listen, I appreciate you joining us again uh and I'll reach out to you next week and hopefully we can do it again and and get a report. So, I'm happy to hear yep. that you're fishing um like the Indian Pass area and, and a little more east so we can kind of get caught up on what's happening over there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll be over there all week, hopefully. Yeah. Well, awesome, buddy. Well, thank you again and uh, and we'll talk again next week. All right, man. Thank you.